This is People Every Day. Coming up, I catch up with the legendary Angela Bassett. Plus, the cast of Saved by the Bell remembers Screech actor Dustin Diamond. Drama kicks up on The Bachelor, and we break down Sofia Vergara's battle for her embryos. It's February 2nd. Hi there, this is People Every Day, sponsored by Macy's, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, bringing you the entertainment news and notes this Tuesday. Uh, later on, Angela Bassett talks everything from homeschooling her kids to her boundary-breaking career. But first, I'm here with my girl, People Style and Beauty Director, Andrea Laventhal, to break down some of the top stories hitting your timeline. How are you doing, Andrea? Hey, what's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Just in a, you know, nice top and and some pajama pants. (laughs) I mean, listen, as the style and beauty director, I can tell you, you are 100% on trend, Janine. And I forecast this trend lasting at least until the summer. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Goodness. So what's going on in Hollywood? Let's talk. Everything. Everything. It's day two uh, of the reaction to Dustin Diamond's death. And and the thing that I, I... I'm really noticing now is that you're getting that outpouring from the Saved by the Bell cast. And this, of course, is interesting because there were tensions there for years. I mean, you you know, you have them coming out now and saying that their experience with him at that time, you know what I mean? They're very clear about saying at the time we were working together back then, we miss it. So they're being, you know, just kind of reminiscent, which wouldn't you say is is how the fans feel too. Yeah, I think that when a celebrity dies, you know, the the natural inclination is to it's just all positive, right? But when somebody has a little bit of a um like a checkered past and not every press moment for them was a positive one, it can make it like a little complicated, especially when all eyes are on the former castmates to react. And I think they all handled it um, or their, uh, let's be honest, their publicist handled it for them really well. Seriously, I mean, Mark Paul Gosler said, you know, I'm deeply saddened to hear of the passing of Destin Diamond, a true comedic genius. Uh, my sincere condolences to his family and friends. Looking back at our time working together, I will miss those raw, brilliant sparks that only he was able to produce. How do you, how do you feel as just a fan of the show? I know you grew up with Saved by the Bell. As an older gal who grew up watching Save hey, by the hey, Bell, hey, I, no. I hear you on that subtext, <laughs> Janine. You know, it's it's really sad when somebody of your generation passes that you grew up watching. It feels like it's too soon. Honestly, it made me be like, wait, he's how old? And 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 I always assumed he was so much older than me. And spoiler alert, he's not. And he kind of was an iconic character. Andrea, I, I need to... Dig into your expertise right now. Our next top story (laughs) is one that you have to break down for me because I am not a devoted Bachelor watcher. I've seen it here and there, but what is going on this season with The Bachelor? Because I just see it popping up on my timeline. There's drama. There's big exits. First things first, start me off and take me into why this season is so different. Well, I think everybody's just obsessed with how, um, hmm, how do I put this? how unique the ladies are, their personalities, real really out there and not afraid to be the villain. Um, Of course, I'm talking about Victoria or Queen Victoria, as I think she's known to herself. Oh, wait, wait. wait. So I heard about this Victoria character and we got to get into that. But back up and tell me about Matt. For those who don't know, like who is our bachelor this season? Oh my God, he's... 
the handsomest. He has the ability to pull off a turtleneck, which by the way, should be the number one thing on his resume. And he's a man of color. <laughs> what what took so long? I love it. So so but not so perfect um Cast situation. Of ladies. So tell me about Vic- Victoria and why I, I have even seen her name and I am not in the Bachelor Nation. Bachelor Nation. So here's the thing, like every season we need, um, again, I I don't want to label women in a um, negative light. So we need a villain. Okay. We need somebody to root against because without the conflict, there is not the most dramatic season ever. And every season's the most dramatic season ever. So they keep having to up the ante. And the best way to do that is by bringing in women with limited to no self-awareness and seemingly nothing to lose. Okay. <laughs> like they just let it burn. I don't care if I come across like the most memorable, horrible person on TV, because at least you'll remember me. And that's Victoria. And she's, she's just horrible. And finally she got the boo. She's the classic, like victim, but also is really the aggressor. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't even make sense. It's like, you can't reason with her, right? You don't don't negotiate with terrorists. And she's, she's a a bachelor terrorist, (laughs) but she's so watchable. Like you hate her, but you need her up until this point. And the thing is, is like, everyone's like, well, the producers made him keep her around way longer. It's obvious they didn't have a connection. And it's like, yeah, that's good producing. And guess what? I can't tell a Katie from a Serena, from a Tiffany still, but I know Victoria's <laughs> name. I don't need a name tag for her. Andrea, thank you so much for digging into all of these, these bad actors with me. <laughs> you too, babes. I'm here with People.com editorial director Charlotte Trigg to dig a little deeper into a story we've been following at People for several years. Sofia Vergara of Modern Family fame has been in a legal battle for years with her ex over frozen embryos. Charlotte, walk us through this one because, of course, people know her marriage to Joe Manganiello, who, you know, people actually has a hand in, in getting those two together, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they they met at our uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner party in must have been 2015 no 2014 and then they got married that next year so it's like yeah p.s she's been married to him for five whole years and meanwhile the ex is still coming after her in court for these embryos it's got to be like kind of a record for just not letting it go (laughs) right and and so yeah this is not joe explain this ex and and why he thinks he has a right to these embryos and and how these embryos came to be outside of sophia (laughs) You got it. All right. So his name is Nick Loeb. And, you know, for those who followed Sophia's career, they were together for quite a long time. Um, and he was a really colorful character. And he they were in the news as a couple a lot. So um, she got... I mean, Modern Family kind of exploded. I think it was 2009. The next year, he was in a big car crash. Um, and he was really injured. She was by his side, like devoted to him and whatever. He then turned around and was going to run for the Florida Senate and expected her to be like the good wife standing by his side. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm in Hollywood. I've got a big job. They were very much on and off for a long time. And when they finally split in 2014, we had a source that told us that that he was persistent to the point of, quote, almost annoying about his desire to have a family and really, really pushing her for it. So 
And was that the break between them? Was it over? You know? I, that was definitely a factor. I mm-hmm. think like him him being annoying was like the reason <laughs> for the break. And she had a kid that she was super tight with. Like he vibed to people like a hanger on and like an annoying one at that. So mm-hmm. at a certain point, she kicked him to the curb. And then only after that do we realize that they had done a round of IVF together in order to create these embryos and freeze them. Then he took her to court for the custody of those embryos because wow, it's it's pretty crazy. I don't think that most people anticipate that. You know, he does have this claim to her. They have these shared embryos. He is not letting. Yeah, go. I mean, if they were, I guess legally, if they were married at the time, it's um, it's a custody battle, right? You know, they, as they, if, they never as did if they get were, married. So they never got married. They were just. No. They were engaged, but I, so I don't even know, like, as far as any kind of like matrimonial thing, like he doesn't have any rights to any of her yeah, assets okay, because they were right. never married. Sorry. I was thinking they were married. So th- this is, this is her ex, her boo. This basically, is like the ex-boyfriend to... from hell for sure. Got it. And so what, what is this latest development? Like, is this the end or things finally wrapping up or, or, or. So the, this is quite complicated, but I'll try to break it down quickly. So the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Louisiana rejected his appeal on the dismissal of the case. So this case has already been dismissed and he was trying to appeal. Yeah. He was trying to appeal in Louisiana. And the reason they rejected it was they're like, dude, you have never lived in Louisiana. She's never lived in Louisiana. These embryos were not created here. What are you doing here? Stop shopping around for like a district that you think is going to be sympathetic to you. This is a California case. Go back to California, get out of Louisiana. And they're actually like saying, this was a total bad faith move. You were like shopping around for a, a place that you thought- A better market be to- Exactly. This is chaos. And these poor little embryos that just want to be left alone that are caught in the mix of this. <laughs> she's got another husband for five years. Like, don't you think that they want to like be done with this already? It's it's really wild. Oh my gosh. Well, Charlotte, thank you for uh, blowing my mind and, and breaking this down all at the same time. You got it. Coming up, I sit down with none other than actress Angela Bassett. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Angela Bassett is an actor so talented, I'll be honest, it's hard to do her justice in a short introduction. The Oscar-nominated star who has captivated audiences for decades 
while somehow managing to look as youthful as the day she started, is back in her role as Sergeant Athena Grant in 911, a police procedural now in its fourth season on Fox. In it, she depicts how dangerous and rewarding it is to be a first responder. And it's yet another example of Bassett's nimbleness as an actress. From her acclaimed performance as Tina Turner in 1993's What's Love Got to Do With It, to recently voicing animated jazz saxophonist Dorothea Williams in Disney Pixar's Soul, the actor's talent knows no bounds. Off camera, she's been happily married to actor Courtney B. Vance for 24 years, and they share teenage twins. Joining me now to dig into it all, I have the supremely awesome Angela Bassett. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How how are you and Courtney and the kids managing things right now, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's going on in Los Angeles? I am. I'm I'm just happy to say that we're hanging in there, that they're doing good. I mean, I cannot imagine how I would have handled it, you know, as a ninth grader, you know, going to a brand new school and not being able to actually go there or meet the teachers or you know, in person and the environment and the new students and all the social interactions and all the things that that teaches you on top of the the rigorous learning that they're, you know, that they're going through. I, I have a five-year-old and a five-month-old at home. So oh, yeah, the homeschooling. <laughs> oh my God. I feel so blessed that I'm beyond that, you know, yes. that they're pretty much sort of self-contained and they can mm. do their own thing. You don't have to watch over them uh, as much. But So I feel for you. <laughs> I feel for you. Thank but you. timing <laughs> is everything. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was better. <laughs> you are right. What, 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 was it interesting going back to work on 911, you know, with all of the new COVID protocols and, you know, Hollywood trying to get back into the swing of things? Yeah, trying to figure it out because usually, you know, if everything was like everything, we would have been back mid-July. And when it all panned out, it was October, mid-October when we were able to go back. But by and large, I'm really impressed with how stringent, how safe we uh, attempt to be. They're being as safe as possible. Is there a big push for for vaccinations in in Los Angeles and and in Hollywood? Well, we've been down since maybe a week or so before Christmas. So that was, that seemed to be before the whole, before the vaccines came to bear. So we'll see once we get back on the set in a couple of days, what the word is. Tell me, how poignant does your work as Athena feel right now, um, considering, you know, the onslaught that real life first responders are dealing with? Like, has that inspired you in any way? Well, always been inspired by them, but yes, particularly now because millions of them have, you know, they've been double, triple duty, um, putting themselves literally in the line of fire. So to, with our characters, be able to to honor and pay homage to them um, has been a great privilege. Well, you've really done it all at this point, <laughs> but I know for, I know that's not true, but it feels like it because you can look to kind of any corner and see like just an amazing work by Angela Bassett. You know, I know for me and so many others, the film that is seared into my soul is your gripping portrayal of Anime Bullock, better known as Tina Turner, <laughs> and what's love got to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember watching it with my mom and just being blown away by your performance. Have wow, your kids how old seen you it? Then? Oh God, uh, 1993. I was not even ten yet. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Really, Dolly. 
Don't tell anybody. Let's say growing up, golly. <laughs> no, my kids are 15. No, they haven't seen it. They haven't, they haven't seen, seen it. it. Do you plan on showing it to them why. or do you want them to just discover? <sighs> let them discover it. Um, you know, let their friends discover it maybe and they'll get them to the <laughs> fact or whatever. Or maybe I get some more respect around here. <laughs> <laughs> but let them discover it. See, you don't know. I, I tell them, you don't know what I got up my sleeve. I love that. But you've seen soul. They've seen soul. They have seen soul. Yeah. They, yeah, they really like that. They really enjoyed that. Awesome, awesome. Well, well okay, back back to Tina Turner. Did, did you have any idea when you landed that role that it would become the cultural touchstone that it has? Like, take me back to who you were when you got that role. And, and, and did you have an inkling that this was going to be just history making? No, no. I think I honestly have to say no. It was 90, like 92 and I think we were around about December. So end of 92, we began shooting. It took us three months to shoot it. And it came out three months after we finished production, which is unheard of. But I had just moved to L.A. in 88. So what was that, about five years later? To have the opportunity to go in and audition for this character. And I remember just went fresh face, like no face, hair pulled back in a ponytail, Tabla Rasa, like blank page, blank slate, you know. And I thought that if I were to get it, it would be one of those movies that would either cement my face with my name because I was, you know, I was that actor that was just struggling going to, you know, auditions or doing guest spots on weekly television shows. And it was a finite number of them. And it was hard for me to get auditions for films because maybe I was put into that slot of sort of the television guest star. She can deliver. She delivers over here. Back when TV was not what it is today, right. which exactly. is like the place right. to be. That's <laughs> the place to be, right? So, so yeah, I thought either you're going to, whatever, whatever happened, whatever happened, whether it works or whether it doesn't, it was, you're going to be memorable. Outside of that role, there's been everything from supremely fed up housewife and waiting to exhale <laughs> to, uh, you know, voodoo priestess realness in American horror story. What would you say of your other roles has been the most enjoyable and then maybe the most difficult? Definitely nothing has been as difficult as, as uh, Tina Turner. Nothing as difficult physically, emotionally, spiritually, vocally. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean that last that last shot in the in the limo. What's wrong with you? Talking to me like that, huh? What you say? Don't start with me. I ain't in the mood today. All right. That was the last day of filming, and that day was literally 25 hours, a 25-hour day. It was like, at the end of it, it was like, don't ask me my name because I have nothing. To, I can't give you that. But one of the, um, one of the other film, um, uh, characters that you mentioned that was enjoyable was Marie Laveau in American Horror Story. Dude, the queen of New Orleans of 1800s who had all this you know, this sway against, you know, in, in that city with all people, black, white, and even still to this day, her name and her spirit is referenced and thought of and consumed and, and the like. And maybe one of the most difficult parts of that was working with a python, <laughs> a python <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a basket of snakes. 
<laughs> that was the most challenging part. Can I have two snakes only, please? <laughs> when you saw that, when you saw that in the script or when you guys were going through your read and you said, now what now? Like, how, how did that go? I didn't really pay much attention to it because I had never been around snakes before. But I thought they're pretty quiet creatures until you actually held one and he's slithering up your body and into your ear. And you're oh. like, that hiss <laughs> is very loud and, <laughs> and disconcerting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the show must go on. And if I freak out, it just means I have to do it again. So it took everything within me to to hold it together as this python is tightening its grip around my body. And when they say cut, to not like, <laughs> you know, but to remain calm until this thing could be, you know, pulled off of me. The things actors do. <laughs> and keeping cool under pressure. Um, as, as a Black actor in Hollywood, it seems you've managed to push through, you know, boundaries and ceilings that are we know are in place. Um, but is that an accurate assessment? Like, have there been major hurdles for you as well? I think, you know, still pushing through, you know, you push through in terms of pay equity, you know, you push through in terms of uh just roles and and so those those few times where this role was meant for a man but i end up doing it you know it meant something to me then that they were able to see past that boundary see past the gender and see past the color that was angela bassett For more on her, head over to People.com. But before we go, something to make you smile. This weekend, the big game is coming up. But before Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes face off, six amazing special needs dogs will be competing in the 2021 Puppy Bowl, airing February 7th on Animal Planet and Discovery+. Plus. It's Team Rough versus Team Fluff. And if you see them, you'll want them all to win. But I'm cheering extra hard for Jet on Team Fluff. He's a black Labrador mix born runt of his litter without his two front legs and uses a tiny wheelchair to play and jump around. I don't doubt they'll all be adopted by the time the clock strikes zeros. Have a good one. That's it for today. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 